Hello and welcome to episode 38 of El Vanilo, the podcast that looks at the greatest albums of all time and compares them to music today. My name is Matt and with me, the Max Weinberg and Little Steven of the podcast, Adam and Grace. You can pick which one you want to be. Are we the same people that we were for the last Brucey one? Um, I can't remember what I said for the last Brucey Mm. one, but... um, but We'll swap our roles. Little Stevie's Stevie Van Zant or something, isn't he? I'll take it. That's fair. I wonder what's underneath that um, bandana. That's the only thing I wonder. But, um, Mm. yeah, or no hair at all since he was... That's what I reckon. But you get to be Max Weinberg, Grace. One of the greatest drummers. Of all time, that is that is me anyway. So you know, <laughs> I I'm gonna say now, I agree with that, Grace, because we played our Christmas carol concert in church, and uh, and I was playing guitar in it, and Grace was drumming. Let me tell you guys, everyone, come on, Grace smashed it right out. Stop the park. it! Stop it! Right out the yeah. park. It, it was, was led by a pro. Brilliant. Led by a so, pro. Wow. Matt, you can Stop. leave. We'll just stay here. But it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, well, start your own podcast, will you? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Tell you what, what was the what was the best song you did at your carol we service? <laughs> what was the best arrangement? What was the? Uh... So I think there were two things that really stood out for me. Um, first of all, this quite cheesy kids song, which I didn't like. I thought it was going to be terrible. However, put a bit of Hanson <laughs> in the middle because there's a bit in it that goes do 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 do. Turn those doo 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 doos into mbops. What was the song? It's a crowd called? pleaser. It is. Uh, it's called oh, Born. Yeah, I know that King. one. It's a hill Brackets. song. It's song Christmas time. Song. You know that song. Hill song one. And I, I got to quote John Lennon by saying, uh, "You know, if you've got jingle bells, give him a jingle. Rattle your jewelry." Oh, I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> John Lennon quote. And then the second one was we did a um, a jazzy version of. Um, uh, what's it? Tiding as a comfort you. and joy. What's that? God rest you, merry gentlemen. And uh, and that was that was good fun. It's basically hit the road, Jack. Nice. But a carol. I love a it minor great, carol. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the was, crowd was, was just there for it, wasn't they? <laughs> mm, everyone, on. everyone was quite up for it, which was good because it. Yeah. But my, my carol service was the same because I mean, if we're honest, people aren't allowed to sing, are they? But. No. You mean you can't really stop them, can you? You know, but um, yeah, people are pumped after no music for like a year. They're I just know. buzzing yeah. to do it again. Absolutely, yeah. so good. Which is good. Which makes me think, you know, when the government are like, "Oh, retrain this, retrain that," you can't, you can't keep us down. You know, no. you can try your best, mm. but when you try and keep a creative down, you know, it just pops out the sides. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> no, when you crush them, it's they impossible. turn into a fine diamond. You know what I mean? Oof. Yeah, so um, try your best. Hello. I can't. I can't remember what that guy's name is. Adam, you'll probably know the. Uh, uh, I mean, probably Dominic Cummings, Dominic Rab, uh, Matt Hancock. Dominic Cummings and Goings. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know them by their actual names. I just know them by the very rude names <laughs> that I call them in my well, head. Fair enough. You can guess the one for Matt Hancock. Um, I was trying anyway. to think of a funny. <clears throat> non swearable is it just Matt the cock is that what you call it no it's his uh, first name uh, that gets okay. changed okay right I, no. I won't carry on guessing no we don't yeah. we shouldn't send it's in your answers podcast. on a postcard guys <laughs> send in your Please. answers 
Well, there you go. So it's been a good week, busy week. Mm. Oh, Christmas is coming this Friday. Come on, that's mm. exciting. When did that happen? I know. It was February Ooh. about a month ago. I know. When did that happen? Boris is changing every role uh-huh. under the sun. Uh-huh. Tries to keep us. It's been a dep- it's been a tough week, hasn't it? He's just woken up every day and gone like, "What? Oh, what should I do today?" Yeah. Oh, ruin the country's lives again. How can yeah. I crush the souls of every yeah. member of this country? He goes to bed like unsatisfied. Just clearly, the... not good enough. Yeah. I ruin it a bit more tomorrow. That's it. <laughs> so you know, so, so we're only allowed to see one household, so. which um, no, that's not right. We're only allowed to do one day of three households. One and, day. Um, one day. Depending on the tier. Depending tier-tier. on the tier. So those tier fours what amongst us. Guys, we've been tier three and we never thought it could get any worse. But here we are. Yeah. Tell you what, it's been rough. She's sad in tears like no tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. A tears for fears. That's a good one because, I, you know, when everyone was like, oh, it all ends in tears. Tears for fears. I thought it was funny the first time I heard that. <laughs> but the 17th time it wasn't. But yeah. tears for fears, that, that's <laughs> a new one. No, I haven't. Tier for, have you not heard that tier one? Tier four fears. I'm slow on it as well. Oh, so you know the the country the world is on the rocks again but it is christmas mm. and so this is a little reminder that our bonus christmas episode comes out this thursday christmas eve come on Woo-hoo-hoo. which is exciting our last one and Plan the to ducking playlist <laughs> which is what it's getting called guys Mm. is a it's a goer <laughs> so you can find it on apple music it's on spotify it'll be in the show notes um mm. and it's got a nice little picture of me at christmas i haven't shown you guys yet but um i'll show you i'll show mm-hmm. you later so there you go and we are well first of all we like to say we apologize that this episode is late you know we we don't point fingers here at el vanilla <laughs> however however <laughs> Grace so couldn't do our normal serving the community. Yeah, Grace couldn't do our normal time, so we moved it. <laughs> then Matt couldn't do that time. I'm, I'm talking about myself in third person for some reason. But all to say that Adam is the most stable and committed member. I'm just of committed. Um, and so if you are also committed and like-minded, then you come and join me, and we'll mm. we'll replace these two mm. fair weather hosts. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. what we'll call them. Play fair disposable. weather. Uh, <laughs> you said it. You said it. We're all thinking. Yeah. It. No, I'm well, I apologise that this is late on behalf it's of it's all, all of us at Alvinila. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got this episode coming out Tuesday night, <laughs> Wednesday. You know, we've got. I mean, people listen to podcasts in the future, so they'll be like, "I didn't know this was late." You know, mm, exactly. You know? So exactly. it's all right. Uh, and we've got our bonus, our last ever bonus episode, and then we're going to take a week off, and then we'll be mm. back with more. El Vanilla. And guys, I haven't told you what we're going to do an extra bonus episode where we do like our favorite tracks and albums from this year. So far. Yeah. So get prepping that. All that we've talked about. We're going to do winners and losers. So it'll be a good time to throw Mm. people back in the dust. It'll be a good chance to, you know, those people that those albums we looked at early on and we thought, you know what, looking back, I was Mm. a bit harsh on that. Mm. We can give it a little you know, sure. a little something. So, you know, so there's good things to come. But after our little bonus episode, mm-hmm. we're going to take a week off and then we'll be back first week of Jan. Come on. 2021, the best is yet to come, guys. Um, I... Oh, hello. That's my little, my little rhyme. 
But remember, I had a little rhyme for this year, and it, <laughs> it didn't plan out, did it? So I'm Not staying away from the rhymes. For what what was your Fair. rhyme for this year? I don't remind everyone. So it was. Tw- I'm so ashamed now because it's really not planned out. So 2019, at the end of 2019, I was saying, guys, 2020 is going to be the year of plenty. 2020, year of plenty. Let me tell you, plenty (laughs) of of something. is what it was. Plenty, yep, plenty of something, but it didn't smell nice. Yeah, I was thinking about this. I was thinking there's been plenty of times this year that I felt like I've been kicked in the nuts real hard. That's what it feels like. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was plenty of pile drivers into your gonads. That's what it was. Never said that's it was plenty the next of good playlist. stuff. Pile drivers into gonads. That's uh, that's the next one. That you can catch my debut punk album, <laughs> Pile Drivers into Gonads. That's a good band name, though, isn't it? I'm, I'm kind of into this. <laughs> You, you take Everything that one and run with it. Stupid one of us says. We all say that's a good punk album. That <laughs> I didn't hear anything stupid. <laughs> they are good. I heard something great. <laughs> See, everything stupid we say. That's a good like little indie that's album. It. That's so all good. good. So good. <laughs> Guys, shall we get on with the episode? Hmm. Let's. <laughs> uh, so, um, Adam, tell us what mm. a bit of history, a bit of context. What are we doing? So, um, guys, we're talking about, obviously, Darkness on the Edge of Town, uh, which is an album from Bruce Springsteen, uh, which was released in 1978. What I'm going to do, if you will allow me, quick little recap over 1978, because we've already talked about it. Elvis Costello's um, album, uh, This Year's Model, was released in 1978. Go listen to that um, episode. Yeah, that was yeah, pre-Grace, pre-grace, I believe. Before Grace, that's what... Uh... PG, the PG era. <laughs> PG. Or the BG era. The BG era. <laughs> when we were Come staying on. alive. Um, thank you. So, um, yeah, so just a quick recap of some key highlights of the year that was 1978. And there's some there's some big ones. Um, the first US women astronauts, female astronauts, went wow. into space. How incredible. A real step forward for womankind. Yeah. One small small step for women. Yeah. A giant leap for womankind. Love it. Um, The first test tube baby was born, I believe, in the UK. They have made test tube babies. Um, Yeah, I honestly thought that was illegal. No, like I. They cloned Dolly the sheep and they were like, no no. more. No, but that's different. Uh, They weren't a clone. They were like, it was like IVF. So test you, <laughs> quick science lesson. Here we go. Test you, baby. Oh, right. Essentially, like, just for affairs too. Yeah. They get an embryo and right, sperm outside you, yeah. of the body. Not an embryo, an egg and a sperm outside right. the body. Mix it all together. Yeah, the baby doesn't come out looking all like a hot dog not this, or cylindrical. Not this thing they're hilarious. talking about of like you picking your baby, like you picking the qualities. That's not a designer babies okay. now, but that okay. is a thing. That's kind of the fear. Mm-hmm. This is where it all yeah. began. Yeah, yeah. That thought. Okay. That's where it all began. Um, so yeah, the first tattoo baby was born, and guys, one of the most important fun little highlights of 1978, the very first Garfield comic strip oh. is published, and it's that crazy little cat that just says, hey, <laughs> I hate Mondays, and we all went, you're damn right, I hate Mondays too. Yeah, That cat is 2020, and 2020 is also <laughs> a Monday, don't like it. Um, 
Yeah, so Garfield was released. Garfield has gone on to be in merchandise. You can buy Garfield everything. He's been on T-shirts, mugs, pillows, you name it. There's been a phone of him, I'm sure. Uh, He's been in books. He's been in movies. Bill Murray did the voice for him in the two movies. Brilliant. Garfield is everywhere. Um, To talk about some fun facts about the album we're discussing today, if I may. I may be so bold. Um, On this album... Darkness on the Edge of Town, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, he he wrote, Springsteen wrote at least 70 songs during the recording mm-hmm. sessions for this album. Uh, 18 of which were never fully, well, were not fully completed. Um, and a bunch of them went on to be um, songs used by other artists. So Bruce just saving the community Come on. With, with great songs. Uh, you love to see it. Um, the album also marked the end of a three-year gap between albums, brought on by a contractual obligations and a legal battle with Springsteen's former manager, Mike Apple. I'm going to choose to say his name is Apple because it's spelled A-double-P-E-L. It might be Appel. I don't think it is Appel, but you you go with Apple. It's like a Trump when he called Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, Tim Apple. (laughs) The man's an absolute buffoon. Also, that's a funny name, Tim Apple. I don't know why. Tim Apple. That is, a, that is a funny name. The fact that he's just there, though, and, you know, we've got here, Tim Apple. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Sit down. Confused old man. Um, and then another, the final kind of stat that I've got for this, uh, this album. This album remained on the charts for 97 weeks. It's a fair old stint. And we're certi- certified triple platinum but the RIAA. Don't ask me what RIAA stands for. I haven't got a clue. But 97 yeah. weeks, triple platinum. So this album, it's got legs. It's a big boy album. It's a big, big boy album. So that's just some key highlights of 1978. And some fun facts about this album that we're going to discuss now. Yeah, that's it. Some some other notable so. albums. You know what? Let's let's just talk about it for mm. a minute. This Year's Model by sure. Elvis Costello. Adam, you loved that album. Oh, I still listen to it, still in rotation. Um, great album. Just Mr. Costello, thank you for all that you've done um, and continue to do. That's, uh, That's what I've got to say. Brilliant. Uh, the Rolling Stones brought, an, brought out an album, Some Girl, it was called. Mm. Uh, Parallel Lines by Blondie is a big one. Um, more songs about buildings and food by Talking Heads. Album, a eh? Bob Seger album has them for you. Stranger in Town. Mm. Love a bit of Bob Seger. That's it. Seger, Seger, whatever you say. Um, the Sega Mega Drive right there. Um, Sega. <laughs> another one for you, Adam. Who are mm. you by the Who? Don't care. Which we seem to talk about every week at the moment. I don't know how. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And my favorite album from this year, Ambient One by Brian Eno. You know, uh-huh. ahead of his time, he was doing ambient music before anyone even had even thought mm-hmm. about. Seagull Ross was just a twinkle in his dad's eye, and he wrote it. So it's like songs for airports, right? Music for airports, oh. and so that was like the concept behind it, um, right? <laughs> and it was music that played in airports that would chill you out. It's a stressful Tina situation. Turner, getting rid of the birds. Keep you relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's the opposite of <laughs> on the outside. Exactly, Grace is playing the. Um, well, no, but it's the yeah. same kind of principle. Outside, they're playing the music for the birds, trying to get rid of them. Inside, they're chilling you out. 
We don't want any simply the best. We just want take a deep chill. breath. Mm. Chill out. Sure. Sure. Take a chill pill. Cool your jets. That's what hey. we're looking for. Ah, nice. Come on. Nice. I didn't mean you didn't that. Do that on purpose, hey. did you? <laughs> <laughs> come on. Amazing. So let's talk about darkness on the edge of town. Adam's already covered mm. some of these boss facts. Fourth album um by Bruce Springsteen. And yeah, so he had this uh, contractual obligation and legal battle with former manager Mike Apple Appel. Um <laughs> and so he wrote seventy songs and the third album was Born to Run. And so at the beginning of Born to Run, it's kind of like Bruce, you have to release something that is going to be a hit. You can't release another album that is, has like seven minute songs on it that are just really weird and not a hit. You need to release something that people are like, Born to Run comes out and he smashes it. But once Born to Run has happened, people think, come on, we could have more of that. We want to sell more. But Bruce is known for being someone who wants to be in complete control of everything. And so I don't know if either of you watched it, but there's this um, there's a documentary on um, Amazon Prime. I think it's called The Promise, uh, Darkness <laughs> on the Edge of Town. And it's about this album and the making of it and stuff like that. Um, but it talks about this and this Mike Apple guy, let's call him that because I'm pretty sure that's not how you say his name, but let's, he doesn't deserve his name saying properly. <laughs> Mickey Apple. Mickey Apple, right. This is what he says. He says, it's a good job that Bruce had me as a manager because at least he got his music back. Other people wow. wouldn't have given it back. Pal, it wasn't yours in the first place to steal. You know what I mean? But he had the audacity, you know, to say that, you know, he deserved some of those rights and things like that. But Bruce wanted complete control. And so that's what all mm. this was about. And it wasn't about the money. He didn't care about that. But he did want to be, you know, the guy who had, like, all the decisions and stuff like that, which is why he's called... The boss and so after recovering from those legal troubles um and basically like in the middle of them all the band could do was rehearse and tour and they just like were get this is the first album that's like e street band album all of them together as a band looking after each other all they can do is tour on the back of this album that came out years ago now and everyone's like when's the next album coming out but anyway you know it comes out and it's a little bit different than Born to Run. And so Born to Run is like, um, well, one what for one thing, Bruce did not want to hit on this album. He didn't want it to be known that he's just a hit maker. You know, there was this thing like late 70s, early 80s, where like you didn't want to be known as the guy that did the music, like movies or whatever, like the um the soundtracks. He didn't want to be known just as the guy that did like um you know, the hits or whatever. Bruce wants to be known for the albums that he released, whether they were good or whether they were bad. So that's what he does. He writes 70 songs. A lot of them didn't get finished. A lot of them went on the next album, The River. Um, and yeah, they, they released this album, which ends up being a big hit. But whereas Born to Run is about, baby, we were born to run. Let's get out of this town. It's like this young man with his like girlfriend or whatever. And he's going like, we don't need to stay here. Let's go for it. Darkness on the edge of town is about getting to the edge of town and realizing, oh, actually, I might have to stay here and I can't just run away from everything. I can't just get away. I have to be an adult and I can't just run away from things all the time. And so just really interesting. And so let's talk about this 
album. Who wants to go first? Grace, I feel like we should go with you first. What did you think of this album? Okay. Now, I noticed last week. Right. You were like, when you were introducing the album, and you were like, I don't know why it's on this album. I mean, I don't know why it's on this list. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it's not going to be good. But I enjoyed it. The more time I, I've spent with I, it, I've changed. I think I've changed my mind a little bit. Okay. But, You're a changed um, man. Yeah, I kind of regretted saying that. Okay. But I haven't done a, a, a full 180, but you know. Well, pal, if there was, if I had a penny for every time we regretted something we said on this pod. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all be filthy rich. You'd be a rich woman. <laughs> we wouldn't need the merch. Scrap the merch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I enjoyed it. it. Obviously, it got so much praise at the time. It was, it was such a reputable album and I think rightly so and it's another album again where Bruce is just smashing the lyrical depth and that's what he is and he's a storyteller everything has a theme it takes you on a journey which music should do and every single one of his songs is deep and it's got a deep meaning and not necessarily a literal meaning sometimes he's saying one thing means something completely different as we all know like born in the USA people think it's this great vibey song actually it's throwing some shade yeah. <laughs> so he's a he's a deep guy. And this album is just full of, of, of more deep songs. And what the one thing I would say is it's a, there's a lot of pain in this one, a lot of anger, hurt, sorrow. It would be nice to have a couple more upbeat vibes, but if that's a general theme of the album, go for it. It's cohesive. And Bruce is all about the theme, isn't he? Yeah. So he did write exactly. some songs. That were like so because the night by Patti Smith was written by Bruce Springsteen, and he wouldn't even finish it. He just gave it away because he knew yeah. that he didn't want a love song on this album. He wanted like it the, was it wasn't his thing. Yeah, the theme was so important to him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, very talented lyricist, very talented guitarist. Obviously, the guitar on this is just incredible. Always is, Brucey. And those little, those little strings, he tickles those strings. That's it. Stunning. Speaks to my soul every time. I will say his voice though in this, considering the last, the last album we listened to wasn't, was his most recent one, wasn't it? And mm. he had this silky, smooth little velvet voice. But uh, yeah, he's a rugged, he's a rugged burly man here, isn't he? Little wood chopper, got an axe, little flannel yeah. shirt. <laughs> I didn't like his voice on this album. I you think, didn't. I think that's you know, like where. Like that little raspy number. I, well, I couldn't understand anything he said first time round. Well, that's. And well, that, sure. that's, I did have to Google the lyrics. <laughs> that's where <laughs> when last week I was like, I don't know why this is on it because I don't understand anything. That's yeah. like was one of the main mm. criticisms I had. True. But when you get into it, like after my, mm. I gave it like four or five listens. Fifth listening, I was like, this is a banger. I'm loving this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, it's great. I love the raspy voice. It's the voice is almost like a tame. Elvis. Elvis is very eccentric with his voice, isn't he? And this is like kind of Elvis vibes vocally, but more tame. And but less more like... shouty. It's like, it's not as like... Yeah. Um, it's more like... It's as deep as Elvis. Yeah. But it's not as like... It's more raspy, isn't it? It's more like... Yeah. Elvis seemed to become almost a caricature almost, didn't he? Yeah, the he, end, went, he took it very far. This very, is, took this it very is far. Tame. But it's that, version. yeah, it's, it's, it's more shouty that. version of that. And I, kind of I just room. think Bruce's voice has got better every year. Like when we, mm. when we did his latest album, I was like comparing the vocal. I never would you think that a seventy-three-year-old would have a better voice. Oh, honestly, than like Fair. this twenty-year-old guy, or I guess like just however like old he is. Yeah, 
Great. Are you a bit in love with I'm Bruce in love with Bruce, absolutely. Okay, Have we okay. not realised? Yes. Also, if you've seen the cover of this album, it's stunning. He's a good looking fella. He's he's it's a heartbreaker, is what he is, little Bruce. Very very uh classic heartbreaker. Even at you know? even at seventy three though, on his last one, I was like, Phew, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Put it put it away. It. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I was loving it. <laughs> Hi, your wives. Yeah. Hi, your kids. <laughs> um, yeah, but he's but he's winning the whole way through. A lot of emotion. What's that one about Cain and Abel? Adam made a Adam cane. raised a cane. Adam yeah, raised yeah. a cane. I was like deep. It was some deep. real father son issues going on, written yeah. very poetically, very deep. It's very good. mature. It's, I love that uh, that song. Like the next generation. You know, like mm. what you leave. What are you leaving for the next gen? You know what I mean? It's so good. It was mad, yeah. I loved it. And it's because uh, you're in the age that he is at that time. It's a very mature album, I think, this one. Because there's still just as much depth as his newer ones. But he's obviously a lot younger, isn't he, Sam? Mm. He's a mature boy. He's a big boy, even though big he's boy. a little boy. Putting yeah. his big boy pants on. Um, Yeah. But um, I won't say it's his best. No. There was which one was it? Track two. Right. Track two is Adam Rees the King, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The great Badlands and um, Adam Rees the King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the middle of it, well, not the middle of it, towards the end, there's some kind of mm. false ending going okay. on where they just take a bit of a pause to do some screaming and it confuses me. Right. Then it gets right back to it and it's okay again. And there are just some <laughs> odd bits like that where it's like the guitar's doing bits, Bruce is doing bits the whole way through and it just feels like there's a couple of them that could have, I don't know, been a bit better. There's a bit of messing around. The fourth one, it's a bit silly. He's a bit kind of mess. It feels like with his voice, when you listen to his voice, is he trying to sing properly? Is he messing around with his mates? You know when you're like you're with your mates with the instruments and you're just like, oh, no, no, no. yeah. Is he doing a bit of improv? Is he is he taking this seriously? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um. Well, in so this, there was a couple in this documentary, right? He's oh. so particular. So they say that like he would. So he would shout down the mic, like, stick, stick to the drummer. And so basically, if he could hear, like, the stick on the wood, he didn't want it anymore, right? And he'd make sure that, like, the snare was always in the same place, always in the perfect place. Otherwise, he'd shout, like, stick down the the mic. And they put the drums everywhere. They put them in, like, lift shafts and things like that and, like, tried to record them all different ways. But they spent days and days. So when you're like, oh, I don't know if that was meant or not, like it was because they just, but then you're like, why did yeah, you make that yeah. decision? That's a mad decision to make. Yeah. So then you're like, so why is that on the album? Because it doesn't sound like a lot of effort was put in, mm. but it was. But it's weird. So there are a couple on there that are a little bit like, could have done better. You'd expect more considering the album before that was Born to Run, wasn't it? Mm. So such a huge album. But I know that's a point. He didn't want all the fame that came from it and he didn't want all that. He wanted to just make his music. Yeah. But... It just felt like a couple of them, because then he wrote so many songs, could have been better. But I do love the sax. That's it. It's like when that sax comes in on, on, on the different tracks, like The Promised Land, Prove It All Night, it's like, it makes me feel like I'm in Grease the Musical. Like it's proper 70s <laughs> rock and roll. Like just, it's beautiful. Yeah. I always think it's a weird choice, the sax. Like, so I enjoyed it. But it's pretty good, isn't it? Um, it's all good. But it makes everything better. It does. They actually in in um Badlands they took 
a guitar solo out to put more sax in. And that oh, was a amen. That, <laughs> that was a decision that was, you know, important to them. Mm. Adam, what did you think? Well, guys, come on. Are we ready? I'm ready. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do this talking about the tracks that I liked first. Yeah. Um, first track, Badlands. We've been talking about his voice. Did anyone else get the the feeling that he sounded like Meatloaf? I don't know who copied who, but this he sounds like Meatloaf in this song. You know what? Don't hate don't it. Downgrade him to Meatloaf. Don't hate it. Listen, Meatloaf's got a cracking voice. I really enjoy Meatloaf's voice, Sam. Uh, it was a good opener, quite catchy, which I really enjoyed. It was good. Uh, Adam raised the cane, great guitar, full of grit. Love it. Big fan. Big fan. Um, Candy's Room, which one you were talking about, Grace, just before. I quite like it. Has a great opening. Quick hi hats, kind of have that surging energy um, that that Springsteen is really known for. Um, on that note about energy and kind of like that kind of born to run banging going for it um i was kind of hoping that racing in the street would have that but it doesn't and it left me wanting more mm -hmm. but then i kept you know i'd hoping it get all energetic especially because it's about racing and he started to talk about a car that it, he built and stuff like that but then the words don't reflect that the more i listened so the words like we were talking about how grace how they're uh, they're very deep and poetic the words in in racing in the street Remember in the old days on the strip, talking about a girl that he used to go around with, etc., etc. So it's wistful. So it doesn't need to be punchy in your face. Let's go race, rah, rah, rah. It's, hey, do you remember when we used to do this? Wasn't that fun? Mm -hmm. So it's it's suitable for that. Mm -hmm. um, talking about lyrics and talking about uh, having lyrics with some depth, with some <clears> meanings. <throat> Factory. Now, there's one thing that Americans or that America prides itself on is its capitalism and its working structure. It does. Mm. They they consider themselves to be one of the greatest economic superpowers, and they are. Um, and that is all built on, you know, blue-collar, jeans, working man, steel factories, all this good stuff. And Factory um, kind of talks about that. And then one of the lyrics, I see my daddy walking through them factory gates in the rain. Factory takes his hearing. Factory gives him life. So it's kind of that juxtaposition of it talks about what the factory takes away. Your hearing, your time, mm. your your life almost. But then what it gives you, well, it gives you life because, you know, it's the only thing that you can do to put food on the table. It's probably the only job available in like this small town that you kind of picture when you think about it. So it's really interesting how how you know springsteen as we all think about him as the boss and springsteen we all think about as this blue collar working man you know he, he's not for that life like mm. he doesn't you feel like he doesn't glamorize it mm. he's not like oh this is america built on the backs of solid american men and women no it's a listen the america was built on the backs literally on the backs of people it's not a good thing. And it kind of, it's deeper than you think. It's great. Mm. Love it. I've written in my own notes that Factory mm. reminded me that we're still angry at Margaret Thatcher. Oh, yes. You know I, what? Yeah. I've been watching The Crown, right? And she can get in the bin. <laughs> she awful, can get in awful. the absolute bin. I don't even hate the royal family compared to her. Do you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's man. true. Flip it out. And it's that same thing. And, and 
you know, <laughs> these country, you know, Western countries like ourselves in America, we're all like, oh, no, it's good to work hard. It's good. And it is good to work hard. And it's good. But countries like ourselves largely got rich exploiting not only mm-hmm. their own people, but obviously a lot of people that they, you know, um, kind of manipulated and, and conquered and all that mm-hmm. jazz. So I was in the British Empire. But yeah, I just think it's it's really interesting how how people, especially towards the later half of the 20th century, the 70s and the 80s, they don't want to glamorize it. They don't want to talk about how great it is to have a job in a factory because you know what? It kills you. It takes away yeah. things from you. Yes, it's your only option, but it's not good. And people need to wake up to the fact that that you know your country is basically profiting off your life. And they all look um, a little bit different, but you've got like mm. John Lennon, working class hero is something to be... Mm. You've got the Sex Pistols, you know, God Save the Queen. It's kind of like, and your fascist regime. You've got the Bruce, who is is for the working class man, but is telling the, uh, you know, the upper class man, you know, this isn't how we do things. This isn't mm-hmm. the way you do it. And this is all around the same time. And I think like all these people, you know, they were all separated because of their style. But actually, they all had the same kind of point, like you were saying, Adam. And if only they could just unite, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not really sure what kind of world we would live in, but um, I'm not really a big fan of the Sex Pistols. And and I think, like, some of it, like, you got the passion and the, the zealot kind of attitude, but not more, you know, it's just a, a quick flame that burns out like a, like a matchstick, you know what I mean? But even, like, Bruce still today is, like, singing songs about that working man. You know, he brought out a whole concept album in like 2002, all about those who died in 9-11 and the firefighters that died. It wasn't like, oh, America, how great is America? It was about the man who walked up those stairs or the woman who walked up those stairs. Because even though he knows he might, the firefighter might not come out. And that's that's amazing. And I don't hear many people, you know, it's not glorifying, it's supporting, it's working for them. I guess like Stormzy is one of those people today you know like with yeah. the grenfell stuff and things like mm-hmm. that um, yeah. and adele you know people like that and we we need more of them don't we mm. yeah absolutely this is yeah. the the beautiful thing about music as an art form is that it, it can be used to say more than what appears on the surface you know what i mean it's it's like what well i mean plays still do it and, and satire and all that in comedy but it's one of the great art forms of being able to be subversive and say like, oh, like it's a nice jolly tune, but when you get into it, what's it actually saying? Mm. It's actually saying these really deep, deep words, which might even be coded and might not be for a particular audience. It might be for one very specific type of person. I just think it's it's one of the beautiful things about music, isn't it, that it can yeah. that it can do that definitely. Um, but my final thoughts on the album. Come on, this is what I was waiting for. Um, <laughs> I. I like this album. Oh my god. Way goodness. more than Born to Run. Way more than Born to Run. Come Born on. to Run was really not good compared to this. It's got some great, great guitar solos, like you were saying, Grace. And I th- I thought that Steve Van Zandt was like the lead guitarist, but no, Steve Van Zandt just is the rhythm. Yeah. So this is all all Brucey. Yeah. This is what um, we're saying. And and all, I didn't really Bruce. I didn't really peg him for a guitar so People always like, oh, I'm one of the great guitar heroes. Bruce Springsteen, and I was always like, he doesn't do anything. It's all saxophone, and he's got a big band behind him. But no, like he's actually got the chops. 
Yeah. Very impressive. Full, full package, Bruce. <laughs> All right, Grace. We'll leave that there. I'd say overall, much, much better. A good showing from Bruce. I might even listen to it again. Come on. Come on. Possibly. Come on. So that, that was my thoughts on it. And I'm going to say it again, Adam, and I'm mm. becoming a broken record. Can you listen to Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen, please? <laughs> I do need to. You will love it. <laughs> you will absolutely love it. I'll get on it at some point. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> In the new year. In the new year. It's coming. 2021, the best is yet to come. Adam's going to listen to Nebraska. Come on. It's been said out loud now. Amazing. Guys, I, I agree. I, You know, this album, I did, you know, I did give a little shade to this album last week mm. you did. but i've really enjoyed listening to it all week um i thought badlands is like anthemic and just amazing just so great mm. i love like the way that bruce talks about you know adam raised a cane wherever that thought process came from when i was watching the documentary they had like loads of the album finished but no lyrics and like he's just humming along he's like got these thoughts he's got these notebooks that are all full but he doesn't know what he's looking for but he knows the sound you know he knows every detail it's just getting it down and i, I kind of thought like i don't know we just need more artists like bruce that write like bruce that like speak for others like bruce um even the concept of the album like born to run is like like i said before baby we were born to run let's get out of here and darkness edge on the edge of town is like that young adult looking out and realizing there's just a lot of darkness and a lot of blackness. Mm. And it mm. resonated with me as someone who still considers themselves as a young adult. Um, <laughs> you know, like someone someone look at this year has been full of darkness and you can't run away from it. You have to stick with it and you have mm. to, I don't know, like reckon with and in, in some ways embrace it. And you can like... Some of the lyrics in like the promised land and in bad lands is like it's hopeful. It's looking for something better. You know, I believe in the hope. I believe in something else. But you're, but you are still in the darkness. You know what I mean? I, I love that concept and I love the depth of it. And I don't think we have a lot of depth to a lot of albums that come out at the moment. Mm. Um, and it just let's not forget that the E Street Band just sound great. That that's mm. something to mention as well. They do. Um, I bet Bruce is writing some bits yeah. during these lockdowns. Well, we did his album, didn't we? And that, I mean, mm. I'm still enjoying that album. And um, some someone was telling me actually that their um, husband, who like, so she's someone of faith, but he isn't, um, and like he has never been interested, but suddenly he's been listening to Power of Prayer by um, Bruce Springsteen that was on that album we were listening to. And that for her was just like gave her that little bit of hope or a little bit of something. Aww. You know what I mean? It was really sweet. And, it, mm. you know, you Bruce is 73 and he's still knocking it out of the park. You know what I mean? Come on. And we're going to talk about some artists that are around at the moment. And yeah, I'm yeah. not, I don't know if they're doing the same. You know what I mean? No. Lyrical depth. Although, you know, spoiler alert, I think there is some lyrical depth on both the albums that we're looking at today come on i'm so excited let's move on i mean that's as good as it gets so i mean don't get too excited <laughs> but um yeah well that's exciting adam i'm glad you found a little a little sprinkle of brucey something that is exciting yeah there's a little something there 
I don't know whether I'm going to become a full-on fan, but uh, come on, there's a <laughs> little, there's a little something there. That's we'll what... fan it into flames for you. Come no. on. Shall we take a break and we will be back to talk about Evermore by mm. Taylor Swift. Amazing. Welcome back to the podcast. We're going to talk about Evermore by Taylor Swift. Uh, and Evermore is the ninth studio album by American singer-songwriter Taylor Swift. It was released on the 11th of December um, and it comes five months after Swift's eighth studio album folklore and so evermore folklore you can kind of see there's a little little thing going on so they're sister records uh, and they were both surprise albums and everyone's doing a surprise album at the moment and i'm not sure if it's a surprise if you now release something in a pandemic because everyone seems to be doing it but you know uh this is the you know an extended collaboration with folklore producer aaron desner uh, and it's going through this alternative rock, chamber rock kind of style um, where it's like pretty soft, pretty chill, but it's not as poppy anymore. We've got Bon Iver, Heim, The National, all on this album as well. Uh, and lyrical themes are quite similar. It's like uh, love, marriage, infidelity. Um, and, it, you know, there's a lot of storytelling that goes on in this album a bit like there was on Folklore. The album has been received pretty well. People are loving it and people were loving the last album. Now you tell you now, if you go back and listen, we did not really enjoy it. Me and Adam did not enjoy Folklore and found it pretty dull and wallpapery. Um and I wonder whether we'll think the same about this one. We'll have to find out. But this this album has been a big success. And so maybe me and Adam are wrong. But why don't we go the same way round? Grace is already nodding her head. There's not a maybe involved. <laughs> Grace, what did you think of Evermore? <laughs> um, of course, I love Tammy and Taylor Swift, obviously. But I actually think this is a good week to have these two comparisons because both of them are storytellers with their music. Mm-hmm. Both of them tell a story, think deeply about their lyrics. They're not just like, ah, here's a little. There's a little fun little bop going on here. They tell stories with 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 their lyrics, so it's a, it's a good it's a good week to be comparing these two. Um, but it got already. I mean, it's it came out what the beginning of this month. Yeah, uh, and yeah. already is like taking the world by storm. Um, Evermore made Taylor Swift the first woman in U.S. history to amass eight number one debuting albums. She also broke the record for the fastest female artist to collect six number one albums in the UK. And more than a million copies of Evermore have been sold. in it, Just in its first week. Amazing. Like, doing bits. Absolutely. The, the world's falling apart. Taylor Swift's doing bits. It is, it is easy for these people to release music though, <clears throat> isn't it? Like... Well, yeah. We're going to talk about it, but Paul McCartney's like, well, I had nothing else to do, so I went in the studio. Well, that is okay when you're a multi-billionaire, yeah. it? Like, yeah, true. If you're, not, if you're the, the woman with a single child stuck in a flat for seven months who's shielding, yeah, yeah. not that possible to make any music, is it? Or if you're like a nurse on the front line. Exactly. Oh, sorry, I just smashed out. Surprise, got a second <laughs> album this year. You know what I mean? It's pretty hard, isn't it? Yeah. 
But I, I, I do see what they're saying, but like, it's pretty rich. I hate, I'm starting to, it's grinding yeah. on me when they go like, oh, so, you know, just had some extra time, you know. Mm. You know, sorry. Oh, yeah, anyway, sorry. Um, but still, those awards are just about like the quality of music. Like, yeah, they got the time, but it could be could be terrible. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, and but there's these been awards plenty speak of bad for albums themselves. This year. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah. So it's an, an extension of folklore. Basically, she just couldn't stop writing songs. So they were like, right, well, we're gonna have to make another album then, because it just never stops. Um, and you can you can hear. You can hear the similarities between them, but I would say it's more of a, a contrasting album, really. I think I do agree with you when you like I see where you're coming from with the folklore is boring because it's very chill, right? It's not boring, but it's very I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you got where you misunderstood there because it's chill, right? It's chill vibes. And this one is as well, but it gets a little bit more lively at times as well. There's more liveliness in here. Um. Which still, it's still not as good as her old stuff, as her original stuff, because like I've said before, her albums were always like a song for everything that you're going through in your life. Like Feeling Great and On Top of the World, Taylor Swift's got a song for it on that album. Like your boyfriend just broke up with you and you hate men, Taylor Swift's got an album for you. Like Taylor Swift's got a song for everything that you're going through. Where is this album? But it's because she's telling a story and she's made up, it's a, it's a fictional story written in the first person. She's made up these characters and she's like telling the story from their perspective. So obviously she's not going to have all those like different things going on. It's about their lives. There's like infidelity, everything going on. So, I mean, if you can relate to that, it's, it's a great, great album for you, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> glad you passed it. <laughs> um, so... I would say that this one's better than folklore because, like I said, there's a bit more positivity, and I think musically it's a little bit more interesting. Like we all know, I love a little bit, a, a little bit of a more interesting time signature. We've got ten eight. Come on, intolerated. I love ten eight. I love ten eight. I, I know that sounds who, ridiculous, but I love like, ten eight. Honestly, who's throwing that out in a pandemic? Come on, these guys. Come on. Um, I mean, their producer. So it was. So the way it was done, it was like, um, her producer would would lay a track, send it to her and she would just sit on it and just make up some lyrics to go along to it. Um, so this guy, great man. Um, but yeah, 10, eight, love it. There's another one in five, eight closure, five, eight. Nice. Amazing. How do you, five, so how, this is a technical question. How, how I like writing um, riffs in 10, eight. How do you count 10, eight grace? Is there a specific way you count it? So do you count it in 10 or do you like block okay. it off? That went in like slow-mo because my Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. So oh, no, I, I would count in 10. Sorry, no, 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 no. Um, I would count in 10 or I would like half time it and count five. I count but... in four, two and then another four. Oh. Yeah, that that's just the way I... I think about it. <laughs> it's a, it's a bit weird. So I basically don't ever <laughs> count over four with any piece of music. So even if it's in ten, I'll go four, then two, then four. It's about where the accent is. So where'd you do five eight? A three and a two. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I can. No. To be fair, I would probably do that. What What do you do, Adam? What do you have any thoughts on this? I play in four four. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly my drum theory is garbage so I don't know what I would do I would probably cry 
Um, <laughs> if someone asked me to do that, I because I, I didn't really have any lessons, I don't really know much theory. I need to fix it, but um, yeah, I don't know what I would do. The the four, the two, and the four make sense to me, then the way you're saying it. Mm. Um, because I guess you're comfortable with four, you know what four is, you know where the accent sits in that. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense to me. A very, I feel a like very... if I was breaking it up though, I would I would lose track of where I was if you know, if there were rests and I had to count multiple bars. Yeah. I'd be like, which four to is this? So this this isn't an example, but this is an example of a two by itself. So like a joy to the world, right? We all know that mm. carol. And when it goes mm. in heaven and heaven and nature, that nature is a bar of two. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four, one, two, and then you're into the four again. And so that's like a six by itself. So like, mm, you know, yeah. if you were writing a whole riff in it. So that that's the way I kind of think about it is like in blocks of rhythm and melody kind of thing. So I suppose, actually, it might make more sense yeah. to maybe do it in six and then four. Yeah. For me, that might make more sense to me, actually. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes it's like two <laughs> bars of four and a two. You know, mm. it's it's all about like how it falls, mm. like where the one sure. is. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. Well, well done, Taylor. You know, getting those tens out. Shame it's not a ten out of ten album. You know, but you know, do you have any other thoughts, Grace? Or um, I was going to say. So I got to the track Dorothea, mm-hmm. and when I read it originally, I read diarrhea. <laughs> Come on, I was thinking this week about, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Shay LeFou and, um, you know, Mistaken Lyrics. And, you know, oh, I read Diarrhea. That's a good one. That's a good next one. But then I loved that song. It was fun. It was breezy. It was original taste Swiss. It was refreshing. A bit like Diarrhea. It's less depressing than breezy. the rest of it, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't meant to be on this album. It was actually... It was written for the Big Red Machine, which is a band comprised of her producer and Justin Vernon, who is the the frontman of Bonavere. Which yeah. I didn't realize. I thought Bonavere was a guy. He Bonavere's a band. Well, he is the guy, and he's got his band. But yeah, so Justin Vernon's like yeah, the guy. He's the guy. Of, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's probably why it's the most fun one on this album because it wasn't meant to be on this album, so it's less depressing than the others um but i enjoyed it cowboy like me was a lot like her original stuff as well because i think a lot of people love taylor swift originally back in her heyday because she was just a lot of her songs are very much like you know she's just this girl from nashville or wherever and she's just like chilling and she's like a country girl and you know she's not this this big famous like crazy life kind of person she's back in her roots very much again like our bruce yeah. Very good comparison again. Um, so Kyber, like me, I, I felt like it was reaching back to those kind of vibes and I enjoyed it. But then the best one for me, the highlight, Evermore. Mm. One of here, doing bits. That's like it. always. That's like always. Like always. Like I agree. always. Find me a Bonavere song that is trash. You won't find it. You won't find it. Yeah. You won't. No, Adam's looking like, I will. I will. <laughs> You're not a fan really, Adam, are you? You'd have to get me to listen to him first. Oh, Adam, you need to <sighs> give boring. it a go. I don't want to. I thought you were going to say give it a rest. You should also give it a rest. Bonnevere should give it a rest. Bon Iver. Let's call him no what it's not. It's Bonnevere. It's Bon Iver. Let's just name him right. Whatever his name is. 
Bon. You say something weird as well, Matt. Matt, what do you say? Bon Iver, yeah. You say Bonnie. But no, it's Bon Iver. Bon Iver. And you say Bon Iver. I say. I say. What a load of crap is what I say. You know, can I just say right? He's got a song out called Please Don't Live in Fear at the moment, right? Best song this year. Ooh. Best song this year. How bold. I'm, I'm saying that. Not not Patchworks by Passenger. The whole album. The whole album is the best song this year. Not No, definitely not. He's got a crap voice though, hasn't he, Bon Iver? Passenger? Oh. No, Passenger's beautiful. Bon Iver! Bon Iver, it's crap, it's whiny. It's all... Uh, it's your no, whiny. No, it's just say, not, skinny Love, awful song. No, right. Yeah, but you're judging Shut it. Your face. You're judging it on 2010. I'm right. also judging, judging it, it on everyone else's cover. The, everyone else's cover was trash. I'm also yeah. judging it on the pile of crap that he did with Taylor Swift right here. <sighs> Adam. You are a pile of crap. <laughs> I want to use stronger words, won't I? It's getting personal. <laughs> it is. <Adam. laughs> let, let, let's talk about uh, Evermore. Give us your thoughts on Evermore. Uh, same thing as the other crap album, uh, Folklore. <laughs> Um, all the songs sound the same, lo-fi, either just piano or electric, don't care for it, it's not a risk, it's not a challenge, the lyrics are not good, sorry Grace, but they are not good, there's no depth to this, in my opinion. Uh, it's not about depth, it's about storytelling. I, she's telling boring stories. You're boring? Boring stories. Is infidelity boring to right. you? Right, on wow. infidelity, nobody no crime is alright. It's okay storytelling. But it's only good because it features Haim. That's it. And Haim isn't even really in it. She's not even really in it. So what's the point? What's the point? They basically play the instruments, I imagine. That's what, and I okay. guess they co-wrote. Well, I'm on I board imagine. With and her name's in it, Estee. But that's about it. Um, but she what, kills what him, right? Is that the end of that song? I don't know. But you want to talk about emotional depth in the lyrics. She talks about, oh, I'm glad I got my boating license when I was 15. Who else is going to say boating license? Who else has sung about getting the boating license? It's crap. Mate, it's Yacht Rocket's finest. <laughs> it, it's Shat Rocket. I can't even think of a funny thing. It's awful. Awful. Uh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> funny enough, she mentioned the travesty that was Cats, the musical, brackets, the film, um, in in the song Evermore. Mm. Said, motion capture put me in a bad light. I'm sorry, but it's not motion capture. It's your one, terrible acting. Two, terrible personality. Three, <laughs> terrible everything. And four, your terrible songs, because why not? Just was she in Cats? You need to watch a Taylor Swift documentary. She's in Cats. She was in Cats. No one should talk about Cats. No one should go and see it. No, but no, no one who was in it talks about it because they're embarrassed. It's a, it's an embarrassment for me, and I'm not even in it. Jason, I, I've heard that the documentary is an embarrassment as well. I've heard really? that like it, I I haven't seen it, and Grace, you may say different, but I haven't seen it. Either, uh, okay, no. but people say like it's kind of like oh the American dream, but it it takes itself seriously. But when you're watching it, you're like, is this serious? Kind of like The Office, you know what I mean? <laughs> like is this real? <laughs> I just I don't, my I need favorite to watch story, it. favorite story from the Cats the musical the film is uh, is the fact that Jason Derulo who's also in it, was like, hey, my cat penis isn't big enough. Please make my CGI cat junk bigger. And it's like, wow. no, no, Jason Derulo, they don't have, you don't have, like, your cat junk. It's not going to be out. It's not going to be there. He's like, mm, the bulge should be bigger. No, Jason Derulo, it shouldn't. Wow. <laughs> the man's That's insane. a crazy story. Yeah. Um, Jason Derulo. 
Jason There's only two ways to say his name. You either with Jason Derulo or you sing it. <laughs> it's one or the other. Um, honestly, but now every just... time I hear his name, I'll just think cat penis. So cat penis, cat penis. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, guys, just not a good album. There doesn't seem to be much joy in it. It's a, it's just a pop folk album, and it's a bland one at that. I got no time for it. I'll be honest. Didn't finish it. Didn't finish oh, the album. Man, didn't, didn't want to. It. Didn't want to. Boring. A oh. diarrhea is right. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> it's just I don't I don't get the sense that this is a labor of love. I don't get the sense that this is any real effort gone into it. It's just a oh, I want to make some money. I've got some spare time because I can't go and tour and make any actual money. So let's put this out. Mm. I'm not I'm not getting a sense of there's any any sacrifice in it. It's not it does nothing nothing more. We're talking about art meaning something. Brucey saying something important, trying to tear down capitalism. It's great. I'm all for it. I'm right behind him. She just wants to sing about this crap murder mystery and and <laughs> sing with someone who's got an equally crap voice with Bon Iver. I'm not having it. Uh, Awful. So can we Awful. leave Bon Iver out of this, please? <laughs> I just want to say Please. <laughs> I just, you know what, H- how this is sold. i tell you why this has sold so many. And there's only one reason, because she spent years building up her fan base with admittedly good songs, good albums, built up her fan base. They're now loyal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she can put out whatever crap she wants and it, people will eat it up. And it's a problem. That's literally, that's that's the whole career. That's what you do. You've just explained no, 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 every no. celebrity's when career. When you get success. Fan base. You s- do what you like then because d- they'll all give you the money. No. That's what that's every celebrity does. Surely we should hold our artists. Doesn't mean it's right though, Grace. Oh, I'm not with Adam on this, but just because yeah. that's the done thing. I, 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 it's absolutely not right. But... <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you who does that a little bit. I might get slated. Paul McCartney does that a little bit. Oh, I've, I, I'm an old man. I've made I've made the songs that everyone loves to sing. So if John was still alive, John's all about John. He'd be milking it. He'd be milking it. He'd be milking it. He'd be like 2020. No, no, no. The war's still over, guys. Let's love each other. Have you not heard? Give peace a chance. Give peace a chance, Grace. Pipe he down. Would, yeah, he'd he still be barking on now what? in 2020. It's important. He'd be doing what Bruce is still doing. Mentioning things that are important. Bruce built up a fan base. He's not just phoning it in. Admittedly, I don't like him. But he's not phoning it in. He's still writing <laughs> songs that are important. Still writing art, yeah, some yeah. would say. So I'm sorry, but... Yeah. That's why we love Bruce. Awful. And she she thoughts. should retire. And um, <laughs> if I never heard... not a fan. She shouldn't release any more albums. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Mm. Well, Adam, we appreciate your opinion here. <laughs> it's a bit over we the top. We appreciate it. I wouldn't go I that like far. It. I just it's didn't an like an the album. <laughs> You're like every um, football commentator right now. They're just like hyperbole to the yeah, max. 100%. Or hyperbole. <laughs> I, I used to say hyperbole. Oh, I hate so hyperbole. It was one of those words I'd that. only ever read but not heard out loud. So I was like, hyperbole, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it is like that though, isn't it? Like the world is like, so in football, it's like Liverpool are going to fit, like are Arsenal going to get relegated? Mm. And then they're like, oh, Man United could win the league. But last week they were like, they're gonna, do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. silly. They can't have a middle ground. And that's the dangers of uh, of having a podcast, isn't it? That's why. Yeah, that's that's where we find but ourselves. <laughs> they're my thoughts. Yeah. Would you like to hear my thoughts? Yes, please. Of course. Tis the Damn Season is a great song. <laughs> I love the chorus. 
It's you got... know, she wrote that in the middle of the night when she was a little bit, a little bit intoxicated. Nice. And then she sung it to her producer, hung over, and he was like, that's a bop. Let's put that in. I love it. It's got like a classic Taylor Swift melody. Like the da 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 That's mm. classic. That's Taylor forever. And the sass to the lyrics. Yeah, honestly. Classic. It's just classic. Nobody, no crime. I enjoyed it, but then when he got killed at the end, I was like, flipping neck. You can't just get a divorce. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, not, it's not Charles and Diana, do you know what I mean? Like... Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, so, um, yeah. But I enjoyed hearing Haim. I thought the National's voice was great. I thought, I need to listen to some na- The National. I've never really given it a chance. Mm. Um, uh, th- here's my thoughts, guys. Mm. Enjoyable, but forgettable. Mm. Mm, true. True, that's, I'll give you that. That's where I stand. And I think both albums had enough songs for one great album. That's what I think. Okay, yeah. And fair. I kind of yeah, am she disappointed could have amalgamated them. to have two of them. But mm, this album yep. did have this album did have a bit more like um yeah. And this this album did have more like um upbeat tempo stuff or like just something about it, Grace. I agree yeah. with you on that. Um There's a bit more I, variety to this one, isn't there? Yeah, and and just like, I because when we were saying about like chilled out, so we were talking about ambient one music for air, music mm. for airports, right? Right, Brian Eno, that isn't boring, <laughs> but that's the most chilled out. You know what I mean? That's twenty minutes of like uh-huh. great music, and I just really struggle that this doesn't go down those tracks of like interesting. I don't know, um, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but you know. It could have made one great album, but we've got two, and that's the way that's the way the world works. And it feels like the more you bring out, the better it is, rather than the quality at the moment. You know what I mean? That's what mm. that's what I kind of feel. But I kind of like I'm probably in the middle of both of you on this on this uh, on this album. I think we're so, both quite extreme ends of the uh, yeah. of the Taylor Swift scale. Well, the Swift we all scale, know, if you will. We all know that Grace can be biased towards um, artists she likes. Mm, We've all found that out. Absolutely. Oh, but the Beatles. Oh, for me, they produce golden track after golden track. Oh, oh, sorry, because Evermore is better than the Beatles, is it now? (laughs) Shall we we either go there? Flipping terrible love song that you even listen to. What something by the Beatles? Yes, Grace. It's not even a love song. If anyone sang that to me, I'd be like, what's going on? Why do you have such trash opinions? What's going on? Why? Why are you still talking? Next time we recruit for this podcast, to tell you. I'll tell you what. There'll be a more strict, yeah, there'll be a stricter vetting process. I was just saying, I'm I'm waiting for when we compare um, Paul McCartney's new album. Well. Because I'm ready to trash him. Well, the thing is, I'm not picking an album just for you to trash it, though. No, because... I think it's important to talk about because as much as you harp on about them as if they are God's greatest gift to music and he's just produced some trash that you're not talking about for a reason. You're not talking about it because you're embarrassed. Can I say... Let's talk about it. Right, can I say, if you wait till the end... That old man, Paul. I love his stuff, but pack it in, Paul. Right. Hold your horses. (laughs) Next week's album (laughs) is a Paul McCartney album, Grace. So you will have your chance... Unfortunately, we don't... Can we compare him to his future self? We do not release midweek podcasts as soon as Paul McCartney releases something. (laughs) So, you know, we might just have to wait a week 
to get it done. <sighs> but on that, would you like to know next week's albums? Because I mean, cats out the back Grace now, is isn't like, he? Yeah, we are going <laughs> to compare McCartney three, which spoiler alert, Grace is going to hate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to <laughs> after the gold rush by Neil Young. Ooh. So we've got our second Neil Young Ooh. album, which is uh, which is interesting. It's going to be great. Very exciting. It's going to be it's going to be good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. I'm excited about it. Mm. And Grace, give it please. Just give it a couple of listens before you start writing down your thoughts. Don't be like Paul McCartney was a Beatle. Trash. Why don't <laughs> Why don't we do a Would You Rather for Evermore and uh, Bruce's album? So. I'm going to put it out there. I would rather... I'm picking Bruce's album every day of the week. Mm-hmm. I just think it's great. Mm-hmm. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, Bruce all day, every day. Um, on. For this for this one, it's not even close. And would you I'm, rather... I'm going to have to agree. Uh, triple whammy. Br- triple whammy. Come on. Wow. Good stuff. And w- if we were to do some ratings then, Adam, what would you rate the Bruce album? Um, I'm going to give it a solid three. Brilliant. Grace? I think I'd go for a 3.6. Wow. 3.6. 3.6. So, so precise. Mm. I'm, I'm going for a 4. I think. Nice. In fact, I'm going 4.1 because wow. I think it's on Oof. the road to greatness. Mm. I think we're getting up there a bit. Mm. We've list- we have listened. It's in my opinion some trash albums oh. the last five oh, albums yeah. have been absolute yeah. rubbish mm. you know what i mean we've really been on a downward spiral up yeah. to this point we have we have and uh you know maybe it's only i thought we were here. going up the charts not down you know <laughs> guys it's time for an old favorite quizzing time Woo! Woo, woo, woo. what time is it 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 it's quizzing time Quizzing time, quizzing time, time. It's quizzing time. So yeah, somebody won the quiz last week. That was me. Come on. And so it's time for a new quiz. And it's Grace versus Adam. Here we go. And Come I'm on. excited about it. And this is a classic game of Who Are You? So I'm going to give you clues and you must say your name, shout your name out if you think you know it and you can have a guess. Oh, so it's like a speed. Wow. Well, oh, kind of, yeah. So I, I will read the clue, give it a little bit of time, like maybe two seconds, <laughs> two seconds, maybe, uh, five, all right. maybe five seconds and then, you know, move on <laughs> to the next one. If you get it okay. wrong, then you have to wait till the next question has as uh, been, or the next fact has been read out. Yeah. So you can't have two guesses per round. Okay. Okay. Do we understand? Okay. Okay. So you're going to say yeah, something about an artist that's going to make me think yes. about an artist. And I'm going to and I'm going to shout my name yeah. and the artist's name. Yeah. Before Asm. No, you shout your name and then I say Grace, what do you think okay. it is? And then you give it out. Uh-huh. So then just like shout both. Uh-huh. It's just so we have okay. a bit of clarity. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. I was born 
on the 8th of January, 1947, in Brixton, London. <sighs> Matt. You're so rude. And you're meant to say your name first. <laughs> um, <laughs> my father was a promotions manager, uh, officer at Bernardo's. Adam. Go on. Is it Elton John? It's not Elton John. Ha! I studied art, music and design, including layout and typesetting. I got... fucking Angela down the road, I don't know. Well, I got married in 1969 to Angela Barnett. My third album is called The Man Who Sold the World. Oh, Adam. Wait, can I guess? Am I allowed to guess? Yeah, you're allowed to guess, yeah. David Bowie. Come on. It was David Bowie. Adam is one Mm. nil up. The rest of the facts where I went on the Ziggy Stardust tour. He moved to the States in the 70s. He was in New York before New, uh, Los Angeles. He became, went from superstar to megastar uh, before shelving his career and appeared at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, as well as other and, things. And did the Lord's Did you know? The Freddie Mercury's concert. Wow. Did he actually? When Iggy Pop was in rehab. Yeah. David Bowie bought him a, just a big dock-off bag of drugs. <laughs> Because he was like, oh, he's going to be feeling a bit down. Well, yeah, he's in rehab. Why bring them (laughs) bags of drugs? We can be heroes. What a tit. (laughs) Right, okay. David's a tit as well. uh, (laughs) Hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on. Are we ready for round two before we get into it? Tits on tits. (laughs) Some would say a pair of tits. <laughs> Not if it's a tit on a tit, though. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Okay, mm. okay, okay. Round two. I was born on the 5th of December 1946 in East Africa. Ooh. Can you specify where in East Africa? No, because you'll get it. Grace has been, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I spent most of my childhood in India where I began to take piano lessons. Adam. Go on. Freddie Mercury. Adam, you have smashed it. What? He's born in Zanzibar. Come on. Right. The flaw in this quiz is that I know nothing about the world. Well, you seem to know nothing about music, which is a problem to be a host (laughs) on a music podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Some other facts. Uh, He had a long-term relationship with Mary Austin. The relationship wasn't successful, but they stayed friends for life. Uh, He performed with the Royal Royal Ballet. Uh, I am famous for being in a band called Queen. I have two solo albums. Hey, I would have got that. Why did you start with that? (laughs) A statue in Switzerland. (laughs) A song called Crazy Little Thing Called Love. And much more. But uh, there you go. Okay, Adam, you have won. Great. Great. It's, it's, the evening. There's only three rounds. The whole quiz. There's only three rounds. We've only done two. I mean, Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have we done, Thank you. Have we done three? No, we've, we've done, done two, two, but you can't win because Adam won both. Oh. Uh. You're mathematically out of the race. 
race, oh, but to God. save some skin in the game, right? Okay, can we do the last one and see if I would have got we it? We can, yeah. I, but can, skip to the easy thing. I was born on the 25th of June, oh, 1963, in North London. <laughs> My father was a Greek Cypriot restaurateur. Uh, my first found success was after forming a duo in 1981. Our album reached number one in the UK. Adam. Go on. Got a guess. Is it George Michael? It is George Michael. Yes! Oh, are you having a laugh? Grace, I can't... Are you having... I was going to guess Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Is that pretty much? <laughs> I was scared. I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only duo I could think of. Wham. Wham? Well, are they even a duo? Is it two of them? Yeah, Wham. Wham are a duo, yeah. It was George Michael and his best friend, who I've completely forgotten, but my dad always talks about him. I didn't know he was Greek. Greek Cypriot. Yeah, well, there you go. Some other facts. I have sung in a duet with Aretha Franklin. Oh. I performed the Freddie Mercury tribute concert as well. It's all themed. In 2006, I was arrested for possession of Class C drugs. Not even Class A. What is Class C? Not even Class B. Not even sure. Is it Class class C? It might just be just a bit of weed. It is quite a hard quiz. It does get easier as you go, but Adam is quite knowledgeable. So, you know, I don't know what to do, but... You know, first of five. Tell you some people you can do. Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, it'll be, you know, better luck next time, Grace. Every member of McFly. Yeah, okay, Grace. How embarrassing for you if I get them before you. It will be. Do you really want to do that to yourself? (laughs) But anyway. The members of the script. Adam, it's 1-0. Well done. Congratulations. And that was quizzing time. What time is it? 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 It's quizzing time, quizzing time, quizzing time, quizzing time. So, thank you so much for listening. Why don't you subscribe to the podcast? Follow us on Instagram at Elvanilo at Matt Courtney Music. Adam, your handle is. Uh, at Asm Courtney ninety five, and Grace, you are at at Grace underscore Solomon's. Brilliance! Go grab a t shirt on Teespring. We've got our special Christmas code EVXmas twenty twenty percent off. Go grab a bargain. Got a bonus episode on Thursday. Why don't you post a positive review? We'd love that. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have some like witty comments in there. Remember when we did um. Awesome. Famous Geordies in the positive yeah, who reviews. Can, you could put Geordie in there and Mikey. My flatmate uh, got that no. got that sorted. Yeah. He did. He did. And I, I would love to hear some more. So um <laughs> why don't we our favourite Bruce Springsteen lyric, if you can put it into a review, come on. Or even Taylor Swift lyric, you know. Mm. This this podcast helps me shake it off. No, don't want to know what it means, <laughs> but you know. Uh, but yeah, so it, we would love if you could leave a positive review. 
And the best way to help the podcast is by spreading the news. Word of mouth. Tell your friends. Tell your mum. Tell your nan. This Christmas, say, hey, mum, it's been a rough year, but you know what's been a good part? This podcast. Elvin Elan. Mm. That's it. Is your nan cold? Buy her a jumper. <laughs> nice. Austerity comes to us all. Seeing him. <laughs> Amazing. And we will see you next week. Oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Nearly forgot. Have a great Christmas and we'll see you in the new year. God bless. Bye. See you soon. <laughs>